letting it go is not enough. You actually have to get down into the why of why were you hurt and why do you want freedom? Hey everybody, this is Susie and Cosmo from soulinkering.com. You're listening to the I Feel Loved When podcast. The show for people who interact with people. We're your go-to podcast for navigating God-honoring relationships, whether single, dating, engaged, or married. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And now, here's today's show. Hey, Susie. How you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Cosmo? I'm doing good. I'm ready for a new podcast. How about you? Let's do it. All right. So what you got for us today? Do you remember as a kid... The whole stop hitting yourself routine. Yes. Like some stop bigger kid. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> a bigger sibling or a cousin would like hold you down and make you hit yourself with your own hand. Yeah. I, I never did that to anybody. It was always done to me. Yeah. yeah me me yeah. neither. I didn't have a little brother that mm-hmm. I owe an apology to. <laughs> or cousins that I have an, I owe an apology so to. So you were the bigger cousin and I Oops. was the bigger sibling. Gotcha. Oops. So we're the, we're the stop hitting yourself perpetrators. Yes. That's what unforgiveness is like. Uh, it's yeah. Literally beating yourself up and expecting to damage the other person. Mm, it's true. It's like drinking. This is an old um, adage, like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Mm. So we're going to talk about forgiveness today. Confession and forgiveness definitely go hand in hand, but they're both huge topics. So we're going to focus in on forgiveness today and then hit confession in a future podcast yeah. down the road. Right. And we're going to focus more on forgiveness for yourself internally and purposefully instead of more of forgiveness and what it does to the other person. That's a whole other subject as well. I I have a quote for us to um, set the stage a little bit. Ooh, I like quotes. This is... Susie has the best quotes. (laughs) I try. Roberto... Asagioli. Oh, you you pronounced that Did perfectly. Oh yeah, yeah, nailed okay. it. Roberto says, "Without forgiveness, life is governed by an endless cycle of resentment and retaliation." Ouch, and that could even be internalized as well. Definitely, and that's what we're kind of going to talk about today. Definitely. So the problem that we want to start with is to let's unpack why is forgiveness so hard. Well, the problem is we approach forgiveness with a faulty understanding. And we really believe a whole lot of different myths about it. Myths? Myths. <laughs> Oops, sorry. I, hopefully I didn't get any spit on, on anyone there. Gross. Yeah. So so we have a bunch of myths, and I'll start five, with... Five, to be exact. We're going to go with five I guess that's a lot. Myths. That's more than a few or several. More than a couple? More than a couple. Less than a bunch. Couple, few. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are. Myth number one. Forgiveness means condoning or excusing their actions. In reality, forgiveness is more about releasing the negative emotions and grudges toward the wrongdoer rather than approving of the wrongdoing. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's definitely a myth that I have, have fallen victim to. The second myth is that re- forgiveness requires forgetting the offense. We've all heard forgive and forget, and it's a very common mantra, but it's not exactly what's called for in biblical forgiveness. So forgiveness can and should lead to healing and moving forward, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you erase the memory of what happened. It doesn't mean you pretend you weren't hurt. Instead, it's about choosing to not let the past dictate or define your present. Right. And what we find, too, especially in this one, is 
even if you think you're forgetting it or you think that you've done away with it, it may still be stored up in you. Yeah. And you really have to access all the forgiveness. And we'll talk about that in a bit. And don't you think, too, that if you pretend to forget that when it comes creeping back in, then you beat yourself up even worse? Right. Because I thought I forgave and forgot. Right. And I'm a terrible person because I couldn't have possibly forgiven them if I'm still remembering mm. this harm that was right. done. Myth number three, forgiveness means trust is restored. So sometimes the offender is often the one that demands or at least assumes that this will be the case, right? So trust will be restored, right? But forgiveness is just the first step. Rebuilding trust is a separate process that takes time and consistent, consistent, Mm -hmm. positive behavior from the wrongdoer. Yeah. Yeah. So oftentimes after a betrayal, trust isn't, it, it's not an automatic right. You, oh, you for, forgiveness. Oh, you so everything's, you me, I so trust you, trust you now, me. 100%. You'll, uh, no, forgiveness does not mean that you immediately allow the other person back into your heart, back into your life, back into what just got, you know, beat up and, and pulverized. So it's okay. Uh, to set up and have those healthy boundaries. And and the thing is, you set up your boundaries for yourself. I will do this. I won't do that. And then you set up expectations for the other person. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. The thing is, they have got to agree about those things. So that's what builds that trust in the long run, that they have to agree upon it and then consistently do those behaviors to regain trust. It sounds to me like we have another the makings of another podcast about boundaries. Does anybody want to hear about that? Let <laughs> us know, and we'll do a whole other thing on boundaries. boundaries. So myth number four is that forgiveness is a sign of weakness. Yes, absolutely. No, wait. <laughs> no, 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 Dang no, no. It, it's a myth. The thing about forgiveness is it requires a great deal of strength and courage to let go of that resentment and choose to forgive someone else. It's a personal choice that actually empowers individuals to break free from those emotional chains of anger and bitterness, and it shows a great deal of bravery. I think you're correct, Susie. Thanks. It does show a lot of bravery. Thanks. Which leads us into myth number five. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness relieves the wrongdoer of responsibility and consequences. Not. mm. Forgiveness is about releasing the emotional burden within yourself. And it does help the other person, but that's a whole other podcast. Mm -hmm. And choosing not to hold on to resentment. However, it doesn't negate the need for accountability and justice. And we want to say that clearly, and we will say it multiple times. Mm -hmm. It doesn't negate the need for accountability and justice. Forgiveness and accountability can and should, and really, really, really should, coexist. (laughs) You can forgive someone for their actions while still holding them responsible for the practical consequences of those actions. Yeah. I think of the example of like if someone steals from you, just as a, just as an example here. And um, you can forgive them. Maybe you know the person and you've confronted them about it and you can forgive them for the act that they perpetrated, the theft that they perpetrated, but you can also still hold them accountable to paying you back what they stole. Right. Returning what they stole, if it's money, paying you back, those kinds of things. So that's what we're talking about here. Is you stole still, my motorcycle, <laughs> but you know what? I forgave you, so forgave you get to you, keep so it. So you can keep it. That's not how this works. <laughs> That's not how this works. Oh, okay. So that's the myth. That's the myth. Okay. Yes. So those are the problems that we see, the myths that we, the problem is that we believe these myths and others, 
And the way that the world solves these problems is to just slam the door on the relationship. You, know, you betrayed me, therefore I don't have to forgive you. I can hold you at arm's length. And in fact, it gives me an excuse for holding lots of people at arm's length. Because if one person is this way, then most people are probably this way. And it can lead to these prolonged feelings of anger, bitterness, resentment. And it can create a severe negative emotional burden on the person who won't forgive. It strains relationships. You harbor negative feelings towards others, not even just the perpetrator, but other people, like I said, um, you sort of develop this sense of lack of trust of all people, which can then make it really challenging to build or maintain healthy connections. That's right. And part of that is you continue to hold bitterness in your heart. And this is a... This is a difficult thing. We don't, we don't always realize that we're holding that bitterness in our heart. Um, but if you refuse to forgive, it can lead to a sense of stagnation and emotional imprisonment. It really prevents personal growth, and it perpetuates bitterness. And, and it, what's interesting is that that bitter root that grows from unforgiveness Oftentimes, you may not even notice it because it's a root. It goes mm. deeper. Yeah. So you may say in your mind, oh, you know, I, I've forgiven this person or I'm just letting it go, right? So the world says, oh, let it go, let it go. Wow. How does was, that song go? That was pitch, really in pitch. In yeah. I'm an excellent singer <laughs> inside my dreams, <laughs> but that's the only place, not even in the shower. So I've got a little story about bitterness and how it gets deep into your heart. Yeah, it's story time with Cosmo. (laughs) So that bitter root that goes down, it it can't be relieved by just saying, oh, I'm just going to let this go. Letting it go is not enough. You actually have to get down into the why of why were you hurt and why do you want freedom? And the other interesting part is why... Does that other person deserve forgiveness mm. from you? And, and it's not you're not talking about why was I hurt from the other person's like for them to answer why I hurt you, but rather understanding why what they did hurt you right. from your own personal understanding of yourself. Right. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's deep. Just like Susie said, it's deep. <laughs> it's deep. It's deep. So what happened? I got um, I started a company, my business partner did me wrong. And that, I mean, did me wrong to the point where I I'm, was no longer with that company. Everything went upside down. Your I was, reputation was My reputation. Solid. Yeah, it, it was, it was not good. So I got, I was upset, but within six months or so, I kind of let it go. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let it go. <laughs> and it's okay. It's okay. Well, saying it's okay, but not dealing with the yeah. actual why underneath, why, it, that's not real forgiveness. That is simply trying to uh, let go of what the mind is dealing with or what your conscious mind is dealing with to to not be overwhelmed mentally by it, let's just say, or to kind of passively uh, let your heart kind of, oh, I just don't want to deal with this. So I'm just going to let it go. Well, it's but, kind of just trying to forget about it, right? Right. Like, just don't think about it. <laughs> right. So you're you're obfuscating it, right? You're just trying to hide it in some sort of fashion from your mind and your heart. The thing is, in the spirit, it is still 
growing this taproot even deeper because now you're not dealing with it. So now the more time that goes on, that that depth of resentment and that depth of pain, the depth of all, it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. And for me, I didn't realize that I was still holding unforgiveness in my heart until I broke my wisdom tooth because I had been <laughs> clenching my teeth so long and so hard that literally, literally, I broke my wisdom tooth. And I realized then, oh, my body was still dealing with this unforgiveness because I was trying to push it or hide it. It doesn't matter. It's still there. It's yeah. still deep down. And so to me, it was a blessing for God to say, look, I'm going to, I'm going to, break you so that you will come to the understanding that you haven't dealt with this. You haven't forgiven and you're hurting yourself. Yeah. Again, this is all Stop about hurting yourself. It's all about what's, what's going on here. So until I came to that place of understanding that God had a, had different plans that, that he was still in control and that I could truly forgive and lay my burdens on Jesus that that was the only time that finally I was able to find that relief uh, and freedom that I was looking for. So that that was that's my story about <laughs> forgiveness, and we'll probably talk about it more in, in other places. But that's kind of the the quick and easy of it. Yeah, I think the other thing that we do that the world suggests that we do, or that we kind of just do naturally when we're in unforgiveness is we tend to get real passive aggressive and kind of like you said, just forget about it or just it's fine or let it go. You know, there's kind of this element of a passive approach that doesn't involve digging in deep or talking to the other person or investigating your own heart. So there's just a passive aggressiveness that happens. Or that, and the aggressiveness comes out in those little situations like, oh, that wouldn't have happened if you would have picked that up, right? Yeah. Oh, this would have been different if you would have done what I said you should have. Yeah, kind of an I told you so attitude and a Because there's no forgiveness there, right? Yeah. It's still I'm still holding this against you. I'm I'm stepping back a little bit, but I'm just gonna jab you when it hurts the most. Yeah. And then I'm gonna back up again and be passive again. Right. And then finally, a lot of times and this is I feel like is what um, television and movies encourage a lot is seeking of revenge. Yeah. And a lot of times those guys are successful in their revenge. So when you're looking for ways to get even and, you know, give give to the person what they've got coming to them, we've been watching Reacher and he's all about getting revenge and he's really good at it and he accomplishes his purposes. But it gives you this false sense of that somehow that's going to heal his heart. <laughs> and when and in reality it's adding to the bitterness, it's adding to the resentment, it's fueling the anger. Not to mention further darkening your soul with hateful actions. Right. You can't just do vengeful things and expect that you're going to just be a happy, shiny person. Right. And he's not. He's not a happy, shiny person. Yeah. And he stays a not happy, shiny person he's who lonely. is isolated, yeah. alone, and he can't open up. Because when, you've, when you're full of bitterness and, and unforgiveness, it f overflows into the rest of your life. Yeah. Even if you're purposeful against something else, it's still anybody around you is going to feel that. I always feel like if we talk about a TV show, we should do a little bit of a disclaimer. Sure, to say let's do that disclaimer. That, you know, it's um, extremely violent. 
there's not a ton of bad language. I mean, there's shows that definitely have worse bad language. There's some sexuality. There's sexuality. There's nudity. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you choose to, to watch it based on our statements here, just be prepared. It's not a... It's not G-rated. Right. It's not family-friendly. Reacher right. is not, not a calm, you know, forgiving, passive person. Right. He's going to kill somebody. <laughs> right. What do the world's solutions do to us, Susie? Well, first of all, there's an increased stress. You may or may not realize it. You may think you've let it go, like you said. But if you haven't dug in deep and rooted out that that bitterness, then you're holding on to grudges. And those grudges can contribute to chronic stress, which can impact your overall health, physical and mental, your overall well-being. And there's actually studies that have shown that unforgiveness has been linked to increased symptoms of anxiety and depression, which are mental health um, concerns. And chronic stress can cause health problems like cardiovascular issues and weakened immune system and digestive disorders and just all kinds or of broken teeth or broken teeth it's amazing how something that we think is only internal only emotional or only mental can actually impact our physical bodies in really profound ways yeah our body stores up anxiety in different areas so yeah. if you've got tight muscles things like that you'll often find uh, a lot of people go to a massage therapist and they work on a certain area, and they start crying right. for no reason. <laughs> right. But then they find out, oh, I've been holding my body. I've been holding this tension, a physical tension, because yeah. there's an internal spiritual tension. And you may release that physical tension, but you have to get to the spiritual tension, or it will not stop. You will always, it, it will always find some way to harm your physical, mental, emotional yeah. self. There's a book called The Body Keeps the Score, mm. and we've never actually read it, but I've read summaries of it and talked to people about it, and this is exactly what the what that book talks about, that the body keeps the score. Yeah. So just a little recommendation there, even though we've, we've never read it. Yeah. <laughs> My broken tooth reminds me, if I start feeling something, if something's going on, oh, I need to go into prayer. I need to talk to right. Susie. I need to... My body's telling me something. I need to actually get deeper instead of just having the physical ailment that, that goes with it. So in addition to stress and um, mental health and physical health issues, there's also just the sense of isolation. Um, I mentioned at the very beginning about how if one person betrays you and it causes you to keep everyone at arm's length, because if I can't trust one person, I can't trust anybody, then that leads to isolation so that you can avoid or try to avoid being hurt or betrayed. Yeah, we well, don't like pain. Yeah, we, we avoid it at all costs. And so if I can just stay away from all people all the time, then I won't get hurt or betrayed, right? Or just don't ice skate. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's a hitch reference for any of you out there. Yeah, we'll have to do that quote sometime. Yeah. We're just on all kinds of tangents today, Cosmo. I think we need to move into our solutions. We have solutions? We do. The what? ways the ways that we think about forgiveness. Um, our understanding of forgiveness comes from the examples that we see in the Bible. And I have a few, I have some verses here that I'd like to read. You think that'd be okay? All right, you do the first one. I'll do the second one. And we'll do the third one together. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. The first one is Psalm 103, verses 8 through 12. It says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. 
that verse doesn't explicitly say the word forgiveness, but you can feel you can you can find it in there, can't you? You can oh, get yeah. the the understanding and the principle of it. Absolutely. Ephesians 4:32 commands, "Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you." Mm-hmm. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. And Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So it's strange. It doesn't say, you know, bear with each other and sometimes when you feel like it. Right. Or If they're um, really, really sorry. Right. Or avoid it as long as you can. But when it comes down to it, I guess it's okay. (laughs) Or, you know, you probably ought to just because it'll make things better. Yeah. Now, forgive as the Lord forgave you. That puts the onus on you to go, oh, yeah, this is emulating what God did for me. And I want more of that. I want more of that in this world because that's what God wants, too. Yeah. So we need to look at what forgiveness actually is. We talked about the myths earlier. But now if we think about this is just a dictionary definition of forgiveness. Susie loves dictionary definitions. I love the dictionary. It's my best friend. (laughs) I thought I was your best friend. Well, are you a dictionary? So the dictionary definition is to cease to feel resentment against, which then made me look up resentment. Resentment is a feeling of indignant displeasure or persistent ill will at something regarded as a wrong, insult, or injury. Could you give me a definition for indignant, please? <laughs> no, I didn't look that one up. Okay. No. <laughs> um, so, think, so looking at this definition, it's talking about the feeling that you have, which I thought was interesting, mm. to stop feeling resentment, to stop feeling displeasure or persistent ill will. So let's take it a little bit further and what else is forgiveness, Cosmo? It's an act of obedience to God. Yeah. So God shows us ultimate forgiveness in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for our sins. And we are called to be like him. And so forgiveness is obedience to God. It's not a feeling. It's an act of obedience. Yeah. And we're called to forgive each other as we have been forgiven by God. So we want to be like God. God wants us to be like him. And the Lord's Prayer actually includes the line, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Get, forgive us our sins and as we forgive those who sinned against us. Yeah. And it emphasizes God's expectation and perspective on forgiveness, mm-hmm. that it is all of us. It is God, it is us, and it is it is universal. It's, it's not... Uh, a time or a place or whatever it is it is universal yeah and forgiveness is also we've talked a lot about bitterness but forgiveness is releasing that bitterness and more than that digging out that root dig out the root of bitterness it's a step toward the healing process it's a step on the healing process it's a step toward reconciliation because as christians we aim to release the emotional burdens of anger and resentment so that we can promote reconciliation within relationships. Yeah. And we got a couple of verses for that as well. There's Romans 12, 17 through 19. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Yeah. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, it starts with, um, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. 
And it goes on from there to say that all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So, so this reconciliation conversation, again, it starts with forgiveness. We can't be reconciled to someone unless we have forgiven them. Right. And we first have to be reconciled to God. Absolutely. That's our, that's our primary source on all this. So the, the real question then is, okay, I've done that. Uh, is that enough? <laughs> How many times I got to do that? How many times I got to do that, Susie? Well, 70 times 7 is what Matthew 18, 21 through 22, he's talking to Peter, who has basically said that, you know, how many times, Lord? Okay, I can forgive somebody, but how many times? Should I do it once? 490 Twice? times, exactly. Seven times? And Jesus says 70 times 7. 70 times 7. And there's a, so there's this aspect of limitlessness, like we shouldn't ever stop forgiving. There's, this doesn't mean that there's no accountability or punishment for the, the offender. It doesn't mean that you just put yourself in harm's way, but it means, again, we're looking at forgiveness from the aspect of how I can unburden my soul, root out the bitterness in my heart by forgiving limitlessly. Not, we're not talking about the other person at this point. Right. And the other thing that we have to do when we're talking about forgiveness is that we have to acknowledge the pain inflicted on you by another. So you're actually stating God's expression of your value and your worth by saying you don't deserve that harm that's been done to you. Yeah. Again, in my old business situation, I had to actually get back down to, I didn't deserve this. Yeah. This wasn't my fault. And that allowed me to also understand that um, I can I can invite God into that place for that freedom, understanding his value for me. Yeah. Forgiveness is also a place where you release the offender from trying to make up for the damage that's done. Now, there can be accountability. There can be punishment from authorities. There could be consequences for their actions. But again, if I'm looking for those punishments and actions to make up for what happened to me, I'm going to be disappointed. So just like we talked about not seeking to take revenge, also expecting for the punishment of, let's say, um, murder or abuse or infidelity, if we expect those things to somehow make us okay because now the person's getting what they deserve, quote unquote, um, then we're going we're gonna to be disappointed <laughs> because we only we have the power to release them from that making up process even as the um, punishment is being exacted. Right. And the interesting thing about this, too, is that when you're releasing the offender, part of that is the revenge or the punishment that you want them to face because of the injustice that was done. You want to see justice done. Part of that is understanding that the most pure form of justice in God's eyes mm -hmm. is for that person to know him. Yeah. Because what that does is that God then gets to step in, reveal the gift that has already been given to that person. And that person is still worthy in God's eyes of his sacrifice. Yeah. 
Therefore, my when I release that offender, what I'm actually saying is, God, I want you to bring them into your into your um, to your holiness. We want their salvation to be complete. And if they are a believer, we want them to, we want uh, sanctification to happen. We want them to be purified. We want them, even if they never say, forgive me, please, you know, I'm so sorry. It doesn't matter because what we want is for the other person to know and be fully known in, in the heart of God. And that, that relationship will cause a purified heart in yeah. that other person. We yeah. want them to be closer to God, greater than our own personal desire that justice be meted out mm. in human terms for punishment or revenge or anything else. Yeah. So it's really hard for us as we seek forgiveness for the other person to understand that that forgiveness for in us releases us yeah. from that need for that other person to have to have that punishment. Yeah. 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 It also opens up the door for us to choose how to move forward in relationship with the offender. How and if. We talked earlier about trust, that forgiveness doesn't automatically reinstate trust. You can continue to expect them to fulfill responsibilities, meet agreed upon expectations, and you can continue to have those boundaries like we talked about that establish here's here's what I need to be able to trust you again or here's the level of trust that I'm willing to to extend but no further until you've shown yourself um, to be past these these offenses right and that's the hard work of forgiveness you actually have to die to yourself a lot yeah you have to be able to say okay I'm gonna go in and have confrontation this happened this is how I, I'm I'm forgiving you yeah and yet as we move forward this is how I want life to move forward as. Right. This is how I'm going to react to you, respond to you. Uh, this is how our relationship is going to be according to what I can, um, what is what is right and good so that this either doesn't happen again or in reaction to what, what happened, we, we need to have something that is a better form of relationship. Yeah. And so that takes conversation. Yeah. Which then also helps us think about that confession is a huge part. You know, confession and forgiveness go hand in hand, like we said at the beginning, especially in healthy relationships. Because when you've wronged somebody that you care about, then it's good and godly to confess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just like this conversation about forgiveness is is, is huge, and we've, we could go on and on and on, um, the topic of confession is equally huge. So we'll come back to that for a future in the future. Please forgive us for not talking about confession. We confess that we haven't. No, we don't confess because we haven't gotten to that. We haven't gotten to that. We don't even know what it is. Anyway. Now, another little disclaimer here. Forgiveness doesn't mean tolerating ongoing harm or allowing yourself to be repeatedly mistreated. Correct. We have said this in a number of ways. We've talked about trust and boundaries. The spiritual and emotional practice of forgiveness can be continual but it doesn't mean that you should subject yourself to a pattern of abuse or wrongdoing. Building trust is a separate process. It takes time, consistent behavior, ultimately up to the one who's been wronged. So if someone continues to harm you intentionally without remorse, without change in behavior, then there's a need to reassess the dynamics of the relationship for your own well-being. Right. And if it's severe enough, it, it doesn't even have to be a, a pattern. It can be once. Yeah, that's true. So... 
you need to understand what that severity is. You need to understand that you have, and hopefully you have um, wise counsel that you can speak to and understand what's going on so that you can understand where does forgiveness lie and what is the appropriate response? Uh, yeah. what, what is a godly response to these things? And yes, you will, f- f- you know, God is, is asking us and commanding us to forgive that person, but how you act and in response can be and is up to your prayer and understanding of what he wants and also to talk to other, other folks about yeah. it. So it can be, it could be one thing. It could be a, a, a litany of, of things, but again, we want to have those conversations. We had talked about conflict already. So um, if we're having continual conflict or someone's where it, where it is abusive or, yeah. or dangerous, um, please, seek outside help, seek yeah. somebody that you can speak to, to understand what's really going on. Um, because we don't want anybody to be in danger or setting themselves up to be harmed or for that other person to be harming you. Yeah. That's the other thing. You're, you're actually um, setting that other person up to, if they're harming somebody, they're actually doing more damage to themselves yeah. as well. So I think it's safe to say that you can, you can remove yourself from a relationship. You can still forgive someone, even if you don't allow them access to your life right so it's a it's some it's a delicate process but again like cosmo said get help ask for outside sources to come in and help you figure out and navigate these things and pray and pray seek the lord okay i feel like we could go on and on we could but i think that we should stop here and give some give some practical application give people a chance to practice and think about something to try what they've what they've heard from us today so our practical application practical section. Practical application section. I think the first thing that I would do personally, and I think you guys should try it, is to reflect on your own feelings. So taking some time to understand and acknowledge your emotions related to a situation that requires forgiveness. So think about someone you need to forgive. Think about the situation surrounding that and identify for yourself where you feel hurt, angry, resentful, Think about those things, and um, I would write them down. I'd write them down. And also, if you contact us, we will send you a feelings wheel. Because a lot of times we can't really put a finger on how we feel. But if you see the words about different types of feelings, it it actually instructs you to understand what those feelings are, put words to them, then those words can instruct you as to um, how to understand the situation better, understand, um, oh, there's, there is a place for forgiveness here, whatever it is. So, yeah. So first reflect on your feelings. Then if you're up for it and you want to take a next step, try to understand the other person's perspective. Hmm. Try to put yourself in their shoes. We talked last week about conflict being a a place to understand other people's perspectives. So try to do that. Try to see their motivations and circumstances. It doesn't justify their actions, but it helps you to gain a broader understanding of perhaps why the situation exists. Right. So the last thing that we can do is what, Susie? The last thing that we can do is, um, the next thing that we can do, it's not the last thing we can do, the next thing we can do is pray. Pray? So perhaps if you've gone through the process of reflecting on your feelings, understanding their perspective, maybe write those things down so that you can then have them in front of you as you pray and ask God to guide you. Do I need to talk to the offender? 
Do I need to release them from the grudge that I'm holding with or without talking to them? Maybe it's just a personal matter. Do I need to go to a trusted friend or a professional and get their advice on next steps? So that next thing is to pray and then follow follow what God shows you. Pray and obey what he reveals to you in that time. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So what give us a give us some closing thoughts, Cosmo. Closing thoughts with Cosmo. So again, as we get to the end of this episode, I want to hit you with Roberto Asagioli. <laughs> Asagioli. Asagioli. Yeah. Roberto Asagioli. There you go. Not bad. Without forgiveness, life is governed by an endless cycle of resentment and retaliation. And that is not how we want to live. Yeah. We do not want to have resentment in our heart. We don't want to have bitterness. We don't want to be fueled for retaliation. Yeah. We want to be fueled in forgiveness. We want to be fueled in reconciliation. We want to be fueled by the Spirit of God to be in unity and in harmony with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and then also extend that out into the world because the world doesn't have it. It doesn't have real forgiveness because there is no higher power in order to unburden one soul. And so we just expect and hope that as you've listened to this, that your hearts would be filled with love and kindness and goodness and that you would be ready to listen to what God has to say to you about forgiveness. Will you pray for us, Sue? I'd love to. So, Lord, we just offer these things to you. Father, we ask that you would help us to walk in forgiveness, that you would help us to set aside resentment and bitterness and root those things out of our hearts so that we can walk before you with purity and in close relationship with you. And we just ask, Father, that you would show us those places where we need to be humbled, where we need to humble ourselves and walk in forgiveness instead of pride. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. We hope that you liked what you heard and learned something that'll help you have impactful interactions with others. We think it's totally awesome that you're taking this time to invest in yourself and your relationships. We know it's sometimes easier to just shut the door and shut out the world, but you're doing the hard work of soul anchoring. So yay you, keep going, you've got this. If you're interested in our resources, in-person events, online courses, personal coaching, and the like, go to soulanchoring.com for more information. And when you have a spare minute, would you please do all the things for us? You know, follow our podcast, leave a rating and review, recommend it to your friends and family, and follow us on Instagram at soulanchoring. Okay, people, you are now ready to To people. people.